Somebody say praise the Lord. All right. Now, so that some of some of you are, are awake, and so that's wonderful. Now, let's get our Bibles. We're going to turn to Second Peter. What we're doing is we're spending a few more weeks in Second Peter. Uh, summer is going fast. It's it's about to zip by, and uh, believe it or not. And so we are studying Second Peter through the summer to uh, think about the second coming of the Lord that Jesus is is coming that way we're not just talking about because in September we're going to do a series on uh, America China and Russia in in prophecy a lot of people don't realize that the Bible specifically prophesies about nations and so we're going to do that later. So this is a way of doing it without actually uh, going all over the place. We're just going to look at at Second Peter. Now, we've been looking at uh, and they, they're going to pull the first one up. But we were looking at the Mount of Transfiguration. Everyone say transfiguration. All right. And uh, so after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain. So what we're looking at here. See, at the bottom, let's get a, the pointer makes this so, so special. So we're going to point at it. If you don't point at it, you don't have any anointing at all. All right, so here you go. So see, this is Matthew's account. And, and he was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them who? Moses and Elias talking with them. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias, which, of course, is the Greek spelling for Elijah. All right, we're going to go into verse five. But notice that this is setting us up for the middle of chapter one uh, for second Peter, chapter one. So while he while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, this is my beloved son. So we're going to pick it up right here in Second Peter. Behold, a voice out of the cloud said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, arise and be not afraid. And when they had now, this is important because this is what this is what Peter's talking about. And of course, he was there. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. <laughs> I love that. And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, tell the vision to no man until the son of man be risen again. Everyone say amen. Risen from the dead. And his disciples asked him, saying, why then say the describes that Elias must come first? And Jesus answered and said to them, Elias truly shall come. Uh, first come and restore all things. But I say unto you that Elias is come already. See, the point is that only God can explain his own word. You can't go to some guru that thinks he's smarter than God and get an answer. You have to go to God. You have to hear the voice of God speaking through his word. And so he says, then the, uh, he says, uh, the guy is come and they knew him not. And Jesus said, and have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Likewise shall also the son of man suffer of them. Then, everyone say then, and only then, the disciples understood that he spake unto them of John the Baptist. Now, let's go to 
Second Peter. All right. Now we're going to repeat, of course, but we're trying to get in here. Uh, verse 16 and uh, and a little bit of 17 and 18. For ye have not followed cunningly devised fables. Now, you may not be perfect. You may not feel like you're everything you ought to be. But when you obey the gospel, when you someone said, well, I love God, I serve God, I try to walk in holiness, but I have failings. I'm not everything I ought to be. How many are glad you're not what you used to be? Praise God. But God has made a difference in your life. See, the devil's job is to make you think unless you're perfect, there's no reason to try to obey the word of God. And the fact of the matter is you must obey the word of God. Even imperfectly, you must obey the word of God. And so you do what the Bible says and you do not uh, attempt to change it or follow, as it says here, cunningly devised uh, myths. King James goes with fables, but we'll just kind of switch it around. So they have not followed this very clever uh, business, which is very common in our in our culture where people have all these uh, unique uh, spiritual substitutions for the word of God. They don't do anything the Bible says. For example, I, I've talked to people that would, you would say, well, they would say, well, uh, I believe this is what God wants me to do. And you say, well, where is that in the Bible? Well, that's not in the Bible. But that's what God wants us to do. For example, we were talking about baptizing babies. And I said, but, but I wouldn't emphasize that because nowhere does the Bible ever say that we're baptizing little babies. That, and, of course, they don't baptize them. They sprinkle them. But they were committed 100%. And this particular person was telling me that Luther sprinkled babies. And I said, yes, Luther sprinkled babies. But the Bible didn't tell Luther to sprinkle babies. You see? And yet it does tell you to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you reject that. You're going to baptize infants with a little sprinkle on their forehead, but you refuse to be baptized as an adult in the name of Jesus. I said, there's something wrong here. What you've got to do is reach a point that you can respect Luther and respect others and say, but that is not what the word of God says. The word of God is telling me what to do. How many are thankful for the word of God here today? All right, so we're thankful for the word of God. We're not following cunningly devised fables. I mean, just think if, well... I mean, I'm thinking of all the fables. The, uh, the Mormon church, for example, says that uh, Joseph Smith went to New York, dug up in a hill in Palmyra, and in that hill he found a brand new Bible called the Book of Mormon. Mormon, by the way, was a, well, I can't get into all that, but Mormon uh, basically had become an angel because they believe everybody becomes an angel. By the way, angel... Fables is at the center of almost every single ideology that violates what God tells us what to do. In fact, there's I was reading this recently that angel angel stuff is like, whoa, I mean, it's over the top. People getting into angel uh just all kinds of things about it. Some of it's weird. Some of it's just, you know. So the devil uses something that's true. How many knows there are angels? Anybody know there's angels? There's angels. There's angels here right now. They're listening to me. 
they're listening to me. There's, there are angels in this place. There's no question about it. And Joseph Smith said that an angel directed him to the hill in New York where he dug up a brand new Bible. But, but unfortunately for him, uh, there isn't a brand new Bible. You see how clever it is to say, well, the Bible's not good enough. Hey, folks, the Bible's good enough for me. Hallelujah. It's good enough for me. Hallelujah. Give me that old-time religion. Anybody thankful for the Word of God this morning? Come on, get your Bibles out and let's praise God for His Word right now. Lord, I pray that every Word of God will come alive in our spirit, not because we're perfect and good in ourselves, because we most certainly are not. But it is because your word is, is perfect. So I've talked to many a person that said, well, I, I'm going to go by what this book says, not what the Bible says. And that is uh, unfortunate because the, now it doesn't take an angel taking you to New York to cause that to happen. Every sing, almost every lost soul that I speak to thinks that they're going to be just fine. Doesn't matter what the Bible says, but how many knows it does matter what the Bible says? First of all, the Bible's true, and you should have the things that God wants you to have. Now, I don't believe God just wants everybody rich. Folks, this is not about the color of your skin and the money in your pocket. The gospel is about salvation that changes your life. Praise God. Someone said, but you Pentecostals are all, you're just so excited, and you're jumping all over the place. So the last guy told me that. I said, well, you know, on the day of Pentecost, the apostles acted like they were drunk. Something caused that. Well, that, that was for them, you see. See how easy it is to just dismiss it? And then people say, well, whatever I want to do, I'm going to do it. No, we need to follow. Not, not some cl clever plan someone else has come up with, but obey the Bible. When we, we made known unto you the power and what? Here we go. Uh, da, 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 da. Is anybody here? The power and what? Coming. So what Peter told the saints was concerning the power I would say the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there's nothing I get more criticized about, even though I preach the name and baptism and preach speaking in tongues. I get criticized for that. But the most criticism I ever get is, well, and holiness, I get increasingly in our ungodly culture. I'm getting more and more criticism for preaching holiness. If you preach separation from uh, immodesty and ungodliness. I mean, there's a whole crowd out there just waiting to, to let you have it. That's the kind of world we're in. We have a podcast that goes all over the world, and lots of people use it and, and are blessed by it. But there's the constant inflow of people. I don't, how dare you? Nobody can tell anybody anything. But see, you don't stop preaching the truth because somebody says, hey, we don't need that anymore. What we need is to know the power of the gospel, hallelujah, and the truth of the gospel. He preached to them, we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you ever get a, so much of the, the power of God that you just feel like God's going to heal and do a miracle on your behalf? I talked to a preacher recently, and, and some, some group, and he said, we don't believe in healing. 
I said, you probably don't have any healings then, probably. <laughs> you probably don't have any healings, probably. No, we have no healings. And he was so proud of that. He said, well, then the reason you're not having any healings is you're not believing in it. I mean, you don't get healings because you, you, you look good. You get healings because you trust and believe God. Somebody here needs a miracle today, and God is going to heal and touch people. And not just people that are 100% worthy. None of us are 100% worthy. He heals because it's a sign of his power. And he said, I'm going to heal my people. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and claim it right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm claiming the, the mindset and the power of God in my life. Praise God. But anyway, anyway, back to this. Let's get the, I don't care what time it is. I'm taking this off. All right, so, well, I do care. I don't want to say that. I don't want you leaving that fast. All right, but he didn't just preach the power of God and Someone said, well, why do, you, why do you shout and dance? Well, because the Bible said that they shouted and they danced. <laughs> I mean, folks, it really isn't that hard. Well, yeah, but you're not dignified. How can you be dignified and shout and dance? Well, I'm not worried about being dignified. I'm worried. I'm just going to take everything out and put it over here. I'm not worried about being dignified. Sister French, I mean, I would never want to embarrass Sister French, but... She's shouting and dancing and praising God. So, so I'm going to shout and dance and praise God. I've been criticized many a time. How dare you? You're, you're the leader. You're up there in the front and your people see you all undignified. It's only undignified because you deem it so. I am worshiping God in the power of the Holy Ghost. And I want to tell you, sometimes you just can't. I mean, it's just so real. You just can't stop it. I was at a university one time, and they said, well, all of that dancing is just, that's just you doing that. That's just you doing that. I said, well, <laughs> I think what they meant was if you, people that dance and God doesn't do it. I said, well, uh, okay. I want to admit right here that when I dance in the spirit, that's me. I'm dancing in the spirit. God isn't. In other words, like I, they thought that I thought that I, God took my foot and ooh, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. See, I said, no, 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 that's not how it works. No, I, the, the, nothing. Ooh, ooh. I lift my hands because I want to lift my hands. <laughs> that's me doing that. But it's the spirit of the Lord that comes in, into your soul. And someone said, I don't understand all that jumping and so forth. Well, that's because the power of God is something you have to come in contact. It's like electricity. When you feel it, you know what it is. Hallelujah. You begin to feel something. And, and usually what the denominal folks call that is emotionalism. And so I'll often say, well, you don't believe in emotionalism? Well, no, we don't believe in emotionalism. Well, then what about when they throw that ball across the field and everyone's, ah! and their face is painted like this. Half of it's blue and half of it's some other whatever, and, or orange, green, whatever it happens to be. And, and, they're, and they're taking their clothes off and they're painting themselves and, and they're jumping around and they're screaming. Do you believe in that? Well, yes, but we don't believe in, we don't believe in any kind of emotion in, in religion. Well, where did you get that idea? 
I mean, where do you get the idea that you can't have? I mean, let's say I've used this in, in, in like a university setting. Your son is dying. God heals him right before your eyes and you have to go. Hmm. Hmm. Hallelujah. I said, no, folks, now you're not going to convince me that's what you would do. Because I've been there, done that. I've seen many a parent whose lives were literally, they didn't know what to do. And, and they would say, please pray for my baby. And when they prayed, they didn't pray some silly, quiet nonsense. They prayed from the depth. I've seen people pray that didn't even know God. And the tears, I saw one family just, I mean, it just began to come out their eyes. It looked like faucets going off and the tears were running because they were so desperate so when healing comes just think if you thought your child was going to die or did die and then God raises them or heals them does anybody believe that God can do all of that well, let, if he does it, you better praise him hallelujah and folks you're supposed to praise him before he does it Praise God. And of course we do. I'm just, I'm just saying that because I'm having a little fun. Okay, so he, he, I've, I've made known unto you the power and the coming. Everyone say the coming. I've told you all about the coming of Jesus Christ. But he says, we were eyewitnesses. We know for a fact what the glory and the splendor of Jesus is because we were there on the mount of transfiguration we stood there and we saw him uh, become like light and light flowing through his his presence and the glory of God it was one of the most uh, well next to Pentecost itself there was nothing more I mean to see a miracle a leper healed and so on all that was life-changing but when they actually saw Jesus for for who he really is does anybody know who Jesus really is he was, he's God come in the flesh. Hallelujah. His glory, his majesty. We, we saw it with our own eyes. Now, let's go on. There came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. Which, I, that's good enough. We'll leave it like that. So there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This voice which came from heaven, we heard it. Everyone say, we heard it. I want to tell you, folks, let me tell you, we need to start preaching what we know is true. If you've heard it and you've known it, anybody know Jesus here today? Have you ever met him? Have you ever seen him? Have you ever talked to him? That's the God that we're preaching to this world. More and more what's happening to American Christianity. Oops, oops, oops no, no, no. What's happening in American Christianity is just, just reflect whatever the world's doing, that's what they're doing. Uh, and God's not happy about it. And uh, he's going to he's 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 going to deal with that. This business of I'll just do whatever the world tells me to do. This is why we're seeing uh, a rise in moral decay. But yet we're not calling it moral decay. We're calling it freedom. But it's actual moral depravity. So it's happening around us. So there came a voice from. To him from the excellent glory, this voice which came from heaven we heard. When we were with him in the holy mount, we have also a more sure word. Notice I've given you there a little, a little, uh, uh, da, 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 da. I'm, I'm giving you a little, a little, a completely a more fully confirmed. In other words, when you read the word of God, 
then what you're reading is something that is. And this this still stuns me when I think about what he's what, what Peter's saying here, that when I read the word of God, it is even more powerful. Than if Jesus were standing right there beside me, somehow when God gives us his word through the power of God, I thankful for the word of God here today. Praise God. You know, here's what you need to do. All right. This is what you need to do. You need to read the Bible. You need to be at church. You know, we have prayer meeting on Tuesdays. And you should be at prayer meeting. And as often as you can. And then we have Bible studies uh, at least once a week. Every, every Wednesday night we have a Bible study. We have a Sunday morning lesson. And <clears throat> I know some people slip in and they're going to do it today. And I, this is a, just, just a recommendation. This is important. You need the word of God in your life. You need to hear the word of God. And the word of God is wonderful. Praise God. It's wonderful. Let's think if someone said, I love her, but I never want to be there and be around her. Oh, is she in there? Okay, I'll go around this way. Well, that's your, that's your, that's, I thought you loved her. Oh, I love her, but I don't want to be anywhere near there. See, what does that tell you? Folks that say, I love the word of God, but I never read it. I never open it. I never think about it, except, of course, maybe running through your mind. But to actually get it down and, and to read the Bible. You know, the old children's song was, read your Bible and pray every day. <laughs> I thought of all these children learning that. But it's, it's us adults that need to be doing it. We need to read the Bible and pray every day. Folks, you need to be praying every day. Not, not walk into church and start praying. You need to be praying every day. You need to be reading the Bible. Okay, okay, all right. So, we have a more sure word. This is talking about this book right here. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in uh, a dark place. Now let's go to the next one. All right. Now let's go on to verse 20. Knowing this first, let's read it together. Do you see where I'm at? Because some of you, I'm, you start, some are waking up. I want to help them here. See right here? Let's read that. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. What that, well, we'll get back to that. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. Man didn't do it. But holy men spake as they were what? Moved by the Holy Ghost. The word of God was written because God gave it to men. They didn't just write it from their own minds. So look at the bottom here. Let's, let's look at a couple concepts. First of all, scripture and truth are not from man. They don't come from Man, the words of the Bible are God's words because he designed them and and then moved upon men by the spirit. Interpretation, I would say interpretation is that what when you say you're interpreting, it means I read that, for example, uh, a lot of people read what the Bible says about holiness and then they'll say, uh, uh, <laughs> Like, for example, uh, well, let's not go too deep there. Uh, let's just leave that. 
a specific thing about holiness in the Bible. I mean specific, exactly. Someone said the other day, the Bible doesn't say anything about your hair. I said, oh, well, wait a sec. Let's look over here and look at that. Well, I, 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 mean, I mean, I know that's in the Bible. See? Well, that's the whole point. You need to see what the Lord is saying. What is the Lord saying? Because it wouldn't be in here if it didn't matter. So interpretation then requires that we understand what God meant by what he said. Everyone say amen. Praise God. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Let's go to the next one. Now, we're going to wrap up chapter one and we're going to jump into chapter two. So here's the uh, theme of what we've been talking about for the last several times. The only solution to the lure of end time deception and sin in a lost world. We're living in a lost world where the mind of man. Someone said, but they're smart. Now, listen to me, folks. Your wisdom and your money cannot save you. It can't save you. If you're the smartest person that ever lived, that will not save you. Now, I know that you're resisting that. I know it's a natural thing to resist the idea that if I'm somebody and I'm in Hollywood and if I have money and if I'm smart, then that makes me special. Well, it might make you special. I'm not going to say what it does to the, to the human individual, but it cannot save you. Your wisdom is fallen. Adam and Eve fell, and, they're in, and we're all in sin. The only thing that is going to change that is the power of God in our lives. And the only way to get us into the power of God is through the word of God. So that, of course, is the point. Now we're getting ready to look at it because what you're going to find is every time the Bible says something, our modern culture says pooey on that. We don't accept that. We refuse to accept that. Of course, every culture's done it, but I'm just saying that America, for example, at one time was more open, but now it is backsliding. So the lure of the end time is only impacted by the, by the word of God. Hallelujah. So get your Bible out and open your heart to it. Lord, I want your word to speak to me. I want to do, I want to be what you want me to be. Make me what I ought to be. What's that song? What, what is that song? Make me what I ought to be. What's the, what is that song? I know, but what's that song? Uh, help me to be more like thee. I'm too high, but bid me come up higher. Till thy face I see. What, what's the name of that song? Make me what I ought to be. Hmm. Make me what I ought to be. Uh, the, another song. Let's go to one I can figure out. Um, I ever, anybody ever sing that song? I don't know how old. It's not really all that old, but it goes something like, I, wanna, I want to live. The way he wants me to live, I want to give until there's just 
no more to give. I want to love, love till there's just no more love. I could never, ever out love the Lord. Hallelujah. See, that's, uh, that's, the, that's what's in the heart. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. See, God knows the heart. Lots of people hungry for God today. They're not in an apostolic church. They're hungry for God. But they're not going to be reached by some uh, personality. They've got to be reached by the power of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You want to say amen? Okay, so that's the end of that. Now let's go into chapter 2. Here we go. Get your Bibles. Now we're going to chapter 2. Oh, <laughs> oh I had that marked perfect. Um, oh, there it is. All right. Second Peter chapter 2. Now we're going to begin reading the first three verses. There were false prophets also among the people, even as... Let's... let's See, all of this, let's read it down to this word right here. See, that's all verse 1, all down to here. Can you help me read it? There were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. And bring upon themselves swift destruction. Okay, so all of chapter 1 is preparing us for the, for the rest of the, the two chapters that he's going to talk about the coming of the Lord. All right, so how many can see that that is a twisted Bible? Okay, that's what that is. I don't know who twisted it, but I found it and I, I'm using it. All right, so the apostle is telling us that the great danger of the end time is not that people will not be religious because I don't believe it's possible for people not to be religious. When people tell me that they are, um, how many of those were made in the image of God? Okay, so when, it's, when someone says to me, I'm an atheist, I always go, Wow. And they want that to mean they're not religious, I don't care, I don't whatever. But that's not true. Now, they may intellectually not believe in God. And I, I don't mean that a, a, an intellectual couldn't say, because we got tons of them, that, that atheists can say, I do not believe in the existence of God. But they can't live like that. They actually have to have a sense of divinity. So they transfer it into people. Or they transfer, for example, football players or uh, politicians or somebody. They look to them as the Messiah or something like that. In other words, even though they claim they have no religious, they find expressions for what's in their soul. Praise God. I believe that. I really do. That people in their hearts as much. In fact, I could, I could think of a dozen scriptures right now where the Bible speaks about this, that it's deep within people, their, their need of God, even though they say they don't believe in God. 
I've often told about the Chicago gang member that was in prison, got out, and the, babe, the boy found his gun in the, behind the dresser. He got out of prison. It was all over Chicago news when I passed it in Chicago. And the guy was only like 24 years, something like that, 24 or 5. And, and when the little 4-year-old found the gun, okay, this is uh, all the kids. Uh, uh, he pulled the trigger and, and killed the boy. I, I've never gotten over this story. And, and the picture of that gang member weeping and crying See, someone said to me, uh, they didn't believe in, in God. I said, well, do you believe in love? Well, of course I believe in love. Well, then you believe in, you believe in God. <laughs> because love comes from God. Where we get the, uh, why not just hate all the time? Where does love come from? Love comes from God because God is love. That's what God is. Now, you may have thought that meant that love is God. In other words, if I love and I, you know, and I have hearts, draw hearts all over, that's God. That's not what it means. It means that God is love. So whenever you see someone loving someone, you're seeing the, the truth that there's a God. Okay, so... Uh, twisting the scriptures is going to be not that there will be no religious notions, but that religious notions will be twisted all over the place and the truth of the Bible will be ignored and so on. Of course, this is destructive. And now let's look at the ways that it's destructive. I'm going to read all three verses. Let me let me see. <laughs> My goodness, this watch. OK. Oh. Okay, we're going to now ignore the time as much as possible. Okay, the time is quickly passing. So there were, there were false prophets back there, and there's, there are going to be false teachers among you, and they're going to privily, see the word privily, I, I was going to deal with that a little bit, but let's just leave that alone. They're going to bring in heresies, which means false, that's just another word for false religious ideas, even denying the Lord. In other words, uh, so I think you get that. And bring upon themselves swift destruction. And, uh, and see, that's what the church is all about. The church is all about getting right with God. Getting right with God. I come to the garden. See, I walk into the presence of God. And I say, Lord, here I am. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm your child. Hallelujah. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven. I'm, I'm your child, Lord. Here I am. I've come before you, Lord. I need you today. See, it's getting, it's getting a right relationship with God. All right, verse 2. And many... Shall follow their pernicious ways. And then, and then it says, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. In other words, the truth and what is right is going to be uh, laughed at. And then verse 3, and through covetousness, which, of course, is just another way of uh, saying greed. So we'll say that. Who Through greed, in other words, because of their own greed. Shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you? Whose judgment? How I many notice that word keeps coming up and that it's some reason it's in blue. 
whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not. Everyone say it lingereth not. It hasn't just been hanging around. It isn't just floating around out there. There's a time when God is going to take care of all things. Whoa, hallelujah. All right. Oh, I, oh my goodness. Okay, okay. All right, here's what we got to do. Let's, let's do. let's make a pact together that we're going to take, how many seconds do I have? <laughs> okay, we, not many. Okay, let's do this. We're going to look at three things. And then we're going to end with the verse, and then we'll say, that's it. All right? If, they, if you see him dragging me off, you just say, don't drag the preacher off. Okay, here we go. All right, now let's go to the next verse. All right, so here are three examples. God spared not the angels that sinned. He cast them into hell, delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. So these are three examples of judgment where God followed through exactly as he said he would do. Let's go to the next one. Oops, are we still there? Okay. Here we go. And verse five, God spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness. I would say righteousness. Someone said, well, why was the world destroyed? Because it was unrighteous. It was ungodly. Bringing the flood upon the world of the ungodly. That's number two. Let's go to the next one. See, we're making a pact and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, which means a judgment, making them an example or insample, as we used to say, unto those that after should live ungodly. So in other words, this example of judgment is, is uh, I mean, that judgment is an example to us. And delivered just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Ooh, that would preach. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. That's good. Let's go. Here we go. Everybody say praise the Lord. Okay, let's stand. We're going to read this together. The, let's stand because they're, they they're about to run me out. Here we go. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly. Everybody say praise the Lord. Put your hands together and thank God that he's getting ready to come back and deliver his children and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment and chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. So he knows how. So let's pray for our let's pray for ourselves. I want you to do two things. I want you to pray for your family and I want you to pray for our world right now that God will send a spirit of revival and bring many people to God. Could we do that? Let's pray right now. Father, I thank you because your word is true. Your blessing is in this place. Now, I pray for my family. Each of us are praying for our families. I pray that they will get a revelation. They'll see it, Lord. I pray you'll wake them up. Lord, wake them up in the midnight hour where they can barely get up and go to work. Wake them up, Lord, and let them see. Begin to talk to them, Lord, about your coming. And Lord, we thank you for it because you know how to deliver us and you're getting ready jesus is getting ready and we thank you for it in in jesus name and everyone said amen amen all right praise god all right that's our bible lesson today we're gonna finish out uh, whenever i get back up here for my lesson we're gonna finish out with second peter